0: Let's talk to Bruce Brujo now, who joins us, former NHL coach and NHL Network analyst. Uh, Bruce, we we're just talking about Coles in. Thanks a lot for joining us too. Um, but you know, we're, we're talking oh, my about my uh, pleasure. you know we're talking about young players and getting more ice time and all that sort of stuff. You know, when when you're doling out ice time to young players, uh, like what do you need to see from rookies to begin to begin trusting them a bit more?
1: Well, I think you said the word right there is trust. Um, uh, trust without the puck uh, responsibility i mean uh when they can become trustworthy then you can play them more i mean whether they score or not or um you know get points uh, or not it's it's not as important as knowing hey there's a face-off in our zone and i'm putting you out there are you going to do the right things if we lose the draw that's that's pretty well um the scenario for me anyway i mean um especially later on in the games i mean at the beginning of the games, it's uh, probably not as Im- it's important, but not as important. You you're going to allow them to make mistakes, and you want you know I mean you want them just to work hard. But in crunch times, to get the to get more ice time, to me they have to be pretty responsible.
2: Bruce, the Canucks have had a problem giving up the first goal in so many of their games this year when that kind of becomes your identity, do you just learn to adjust to it or does it just – it's always affecting you? It's a little dispiriting.
1: Well, you can't learn to adjust to it or just accept <laughs> it. I mean, because you're going out in the game and say, okay, well, let's wait till the other team scores, then we can start playing. But, I mean, I think coaches do a whole bunch of different things. I mean, um, they, you know, change the uh, the morning skate routine. Um, to change meeting times to uh change the you know do videos differently, I mean because I mean obviously guys aren 't ready I mean uh, at the start of the game, and it coaches it drives coaches nuts quite frankly why they 're not ready at the start of the game, um but you talk about it and and you just to hopefully like i mean I, I used to be sometimes when my team wasn't starting out as quick as you'd like to come out and say, okay, listen, I don't care what happens. First five minutes, we are attacking. Defense are going down the boards. We'll have the third man high, but we want to be really aggressive. We want to try and score a goal in the first five minutes. And if you get a goal scored against you at that point, at least uh, you, <laughs> that's, not, that's usually what's happening anyway. So this, this way you want to uh, be aggressive and try to score, and they know it, so they sort of like the coach has given them a, life, a lifeline to go, go and attack right away. I mean, there's a lot of different things you do, but you just don't make, you make sure you don't uh, stand pat and do the same thing every day because then you'll get the same result every day.
0: It, it's like, how big of a deal is that first goal? Because obviously it changes the way a little bit, you, you know, the other team plays you and maybe you play. But I, I, I kind of look at it and I say, nobody goes into the game assuming, hey, we're going to win one nothing. You should be trying to score two to three
1: goals a game.
0: It, is, is the first goal of a game, if you have the talent on your team, that big of a
1: deal? Well, I really you know, the the best way to answer that question is if you just look at all the teams record when they're leading after the first period or when they score the first goal of the game. It's usually like I mean, way over uh overlapping like it could be fifteen to uh fifteen wins to one loss or uh it's it's amazing how much it means because this is a, a three two league now or a five goal league. So I mean getting that first goal is is so important I think it it means you have one to play with and the longer the game goes like that the team the other team gets out of its uh, um, uh, game plan a little bit and I mean and you can be a little more aggressive uh, when you've got that goal because you've got one to give up if that was the case so uh, the importance of that first goal to me is really important and I mean some teams so far this year have uh, beaten that thought like I think Minnesota, for example, they're eight and three, and I think they've had the first goal scored against them nine times. And um, but in the end, it comes back to haunches. So I mean, you don't want to say it doesn't bother us because we keep winning, because in in you know there's a long season, and in the end, uh, you you stop winning. So I mean, uh, the first goal of the game is to me is vital. Yeah, I
0: just looking it up now, and uh, Minnesota have trailed first seven times they're on the plus end of uh of those games mm-hmm. Carolina's six and one when they're trailing first l a is five and two when they're trailing first so there are some teams that are having success doing it. so you mentioned there that hey with the way we set up teams in the opening five ten minutes you know we we hear it in football all the time of scripted plays and and the way coaches want to open up the game you know how ha- do you do, like, game-by-game adjustments for the opening five, opening ten for what your opponent is going to be doing, and how do you adjust as the game unfolds? Well, I mean,
1: um, you you can sit there, and I guess, like, I guess the best way to answer for me that is when we were down by a goal in the last, say, eight minutes or seven minutes, we would really activate our defensive uh, defensemen even more than we already do. So, I mean if you are playing a team that is a notoriously slow starting team, you might want to just come out of the gate and just uh, attack right away. Or if you played a playing a team that played the night before and uh, uh, one handily that they might have their guard down a little bit, uh, or if you played a team that got uh, hammered the night before, you know, they're going to come out of the gate really hard. So, you I mean, you have to adjust to that as well. So, I mean, a lot depends on the team you're playing. A lot depends on the situation of where you are um, as far as what what that team has been doing, what your team has been doing. I mean, you, a lot of times if you're, if you're the slow-starting team, you really want to emphasize and make a point of, of starting off on the right foot. And uh, um, I think that's, you know, that's just some of the things that I used to do uh, when I was coaching.
2: Bruce, Canucks are already chasing in the standings a little bit, about to head out on this road trip. How much are you aware of that, like, as a team around this time of year?
1: Um, that you're that you're uh, behind the eight ball or you're chasing?
2: Yeah, yeah, a little uh, bit. Yeah, d- d- I
1: mean, I, I, I got to believe the Canucks are looking, and every morning, and they might not admit it, I mean, but, uh, <laughs> but Travis will, will tell you, will tell you, man. Look at the California teams. How did they win again tonight? <laughs> you know, or you know, I mean, they're, they're going at it because we where it used to be. You know, twenty years ago and such, you didn't really start worrying too much about the standings until about Christmas time. I mean, when you're down uh, and you lose game one, you start looking at uh, who's winning around you. I I, I firmly believe that uh, you know they really. Uh, know who, you know, I mean, they really um, take the situation where they know where they are in the standings. They know what's coming up. They know what they have to do um, on this road trip to stay within the pack until they start really, you know, getting a little string going. Because, I mean, most of the teams in the Pacific Division have already won four in a row or five in a row. Um, And, I mean, Vancouver, I'm sure, is saying – well, our turn is coming, so we got to stay within the pack uh, right now, and then when our turn comes, take advantage of it.
0: Boost Brujo joining us here on Sportsnet today. Bik Nazar and Lydia Cruz here on Sportsnet 650. So, you know, we, we know about the stats of around American Thanksgiving, of, of what that looks like as far as the standings and teams going to the playoffs. When do you feel like there's that beginning... The, the, that separation between the real contenders and kind of the rest of the league. We talk about hey, what it, what it means to be in around the playoff line. But you look right now, Carolina's having such a great start to the year. Florida's having such a great start to the year. You know, Edmonton's obviously been very strong in the Western Conference. You know, when do you start to see okay, these these guys are the class of the NHL this season?
1: Uh, you know what I mean? I think it's usually to me, you know, between games thirty and forty. I mean, because then you've got the you pretty well know what they've got as a, uh, you know, the other teams are and how they're playing. And, you know, and then it doesn't uh, look so hard when you start going over the schedule. Like, I mean, I was a nut bar when going over the schedule is I'd go over all day long and, and know exactly who we're playing and where they're playing next and the game before. And, and, you know, and, but it, it's starting to get a little bit less, say, at game 40. And you can sort of identify, um, like, uh, for example, say, Jesus, you know, um, we're trying to catch uh, uh, L.A. here and they still haven't. Uh, uh, we've got five games left against them or they've got four games to play against Edmonton. Uh, you know, I mean, you start to look at the strength of schedule and, and see where you can make up ground.
2: Coach, just going back to the Canucks really quickly and some of their offensive struggles, Pedersen, Miller, Besser, they that line has had their struggles to begin the year. What tools, like as a coach, do you use to get your, your star players, your top guys motivated?
1: Well, I mean, you really hope you don't have to do anything to get them motivated. <laughs> you hope that they're self-motivated because they're stars and they want to be the best. I mean, that's uh, that's number one. But I mean... Uh, at the same time, um, any time that your top lines aren't scoring, you're thinking of how do I get them going? Do I have to mix the lines up a little bit? The chemistry isn't there right now. Um, do I, you know, I mean, there was, there was been some times where I would just take my top players and play them the whole night and until they got a goal to make them feel good about themselves where they all played 24, 25 minutes. And then there's times where you get so ticked off at them, you play them, 13 minutes a night because they're not doing the job. But it's a, it's the coach's job to try to find every individual player, player's Achilles heel and to see what's going to make him a better player. I mean, um, you have it, take a nice time away, give a nice time, um, yelling at them, giving them a pat on the back. I mean, there's so many different ways, but it's my job to find out on every player on the team what makes them tick the best. You know, that's
0: interesting too because we've gotten a lot of complaints here about Elias Pettersson's play from fans so far to begin the year. Some people suggesting, hey, put him on penalty kill, make him earn his minutes and all that sort of stuff, or, or take him off power play one. And my, my point was kind of, you know, you, you run the risk of damaging the confidence of a star player when you start doing that. But it, it, is that too much of extending a, a level of confidence into a, a player to say, hey, you still have to earn it, but we need more from you right now?
1: Well, I mean, you certainly can talk to him and say, we need more from you. Then, I mean, nobody knows these players better than Travis uh, Green. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he knows what buttons are going to be pushed best, especially, you know, with the guys that have been around, like Patterson and and Besher and Miller and, and, and such. I mean, so, I mean, he's trying everything that he can do. And, I mean, sometimes, you know, it uh, it is adding more minutes. I remember playing with a player as a player and the coach said, listen, we're, you know, he's an older guy. We're going to have to start taking ice time away. And I said, he's used to a lot of ice time. Just give him more and more and more. And he did it for two games. He ended up leading the league in scoring. But um, uh, so, I mean, there's all these different ways, but I mean, also, you know, the good players are going to eventually get out of their funk. Very few star players, I mean, go through it for half a year a quarter of a year they might go through it you know like uh for a 10 game segment or something but then they catch fire and then they're good to go but i mean um uh but i, I would just not uh, the first thing i would do is i wouldn't lose confidence in him this early in the season whoever it is and uh i mean petterson scoring that late goal last night uh, uh will probably give him a lot of confidence going into the next game and Hopefully, he breaks out and scores two. And then all of a sudden, you're going, what are we worried about? I mean, that's what was happening in Toronto. (laughs) Everybody was jumping off the bridge thinking that the Leafs were done. And then all of a sudden, Marner and uh, Matthews and and Tavares and Nylander start scoring. And they're going, oh, we can get the parade loop back on again. So, I mean, I think that's that's what fans do and what, what players go through. There's very few players as consistent as a Connor McDavid uh, that are getting points every game.
2: Bruce, I'm curious though, like when you have a line that historically has had a lot of success, like that lotto line, Pedersen, Miller, Besser, like how long do you stick with them when they aren't having as much success? How do you balance that with like giving some other opportunities or some other looks? Like how long do you, do you stick with that?
1: Well, first of all, I think there's a lot of in-game decisions. If they're not playing well during the game, mm-hmm. you know, you split them up, and or put another guy on, and then you just come yeah. back to it the next game and hope they start and go better. But I mean, I was a big one of, of if the third-line left winger is playing, having an unbelievable game, and your first-line left winger isn't playing very good, I'd be switching them in the second period or halfway through mm-hmm. the second period, and then in the during the next game you know i mean they, they'll probably switch roles again but i mean it's really important i think for any coach to to identify who's playing well each game and make sure that they're the ones that are playing the most
0: so uh before they go here bruce uh, you know we're, we're talking about this hey the slow start and all this sort of stuff uh is it different because we're back in this 82 game season that we're we're you know are are we approaching this in the right manner just of how different everything is now after we went through that division last year the north division and 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 everyone was separated you know like how do you approach this being a, a slow start versus a 56 game year versus the 82 game year
1: um well i mean i would call the 56 game year an anomaly and mm-hmm. this and get back to what you've done normally for the most of your life in the 82 game 82 game season. I mean, um, that's you know. I mean, you, to me, it's it's a difficult question. I mean, uh, it's it's hard to evaluate. You got to almost evaluate on a daily basis, and whether it's a slow start or or not. Like I mean, you you got to see how the team is going at the time, and not worry about whether you're five six and two or 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 six two and two. Uh, at the start of the season, because you, you each each uh, each week is a different week, and I used to have my goals as a weekly goal, and I just wanted to win the week and If I won the week and you win more weeks than you lose you 're eventually going to be in the playoffs it 's the same as if you really want to dummy it down. I always used to think we need four four game winning streaks during the course of the year and play five hundred the rest of the year, and you 're making the playoffs for sure um uh, just try to simplify everything to the players so it doesn't sound like a daunting task. Right. I mean, if, if, you know, if you get 10 points out of the playoffs and you look at your schedule and you, and you sit there and you go, Hey guys, we have to win the next eight games to get back in. Yeah. The players are going to go, Oh mm-hmm. man, that's impossible. But if you say, let's just win two out of three this week and next week we win two out of three again. And it, you know, in a month's time, you're right back in the race. It's a great perspective on it. Uh, Love chatting
0: to you. It's Bruce Boudreaux, uh, NHL Network Analyst and uh, former NHL coach. Bruce, Uh, hopefully talk soon. This was great. All right. Have a great day, guys.